Well, hello again, friends. Welcome to the Make 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 podcast episode. Hey, everybody. Today is episode seven of the Make 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 podcast. Today we have Amy Cooper with us. Amy, tell us about yourself. Hi, Josh. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's see. I, How can people find you first? That's, that's, always, that's always a good first, right? Get, get the plugs in out of the way. Sure, let's do it. So amyvcooper.com is my website, and that's where you can also find me on Instagram. And I, I love your Instagram, by the way. Like, it's one of my like, most like, read. I, I always read all the stuff you're trying to like, manifest out into the world and that you're encouraging others. So I, re- I really do enjoy your Instagram. Oh, thank you for saying that. Um, I do too. So... Yeah, that's where you can find me. And I am a photography business consultant and personal coach currently. I am from originally from Louisiana. And I studied fashion design in college. And while while I was studying fashion design, I started taking photography classes to fill my art elective requirements. And I pretty quickly fell in love with photography. It was much more immediate for me. It it was a lot faster to make a photograph than it was to <laughs> design and make a dress, even though I would say I was still using film back then. And then while I was studying fashion design, I always felt like I was going to go to New York and do a little bit more studying there before you know becoming a famous fashion designer. But then I got sidetracked by photography, but I still wanted to go to New York. I could not wait to get out of Louisiana. So I went to New York and I studied at Parsons School of Design for a year and got an internship with El Decor magazine, working for the photo editor there. And that was amazing. And pretty much went down the photo editor path from there. After two years, they eventually hired me on as an associate photo editor and then I went to MTV Networks and became the photo editor there for .com and I also did a little bit of work for the channels in co-producing photo shoots and I sometimes would hire myself to shoot a few things (laughs) which is really exciting (laughs) Um, and then in 2006 I decided that I wanted to go freelance as a photographer which was probably not the best time to do it because the economy started to crash pretty quickly after that. Yep. Yeah. And so I also, around that time, decided that I wanted to be a little bit closer to my family. So I moved to Austin, Texas in 2008, and my experience really translated to art buying in advertising because, you know, there wasn't... There wasn't much happening for someone with a celebrity portfolio in Austin, Texas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. there was like two celebrities in Austin at the time. So. Right. And so, you know, my sister was getting tired of me sleeping in her house and um, not working. So I got a job working in advertising as an art buyer and a digital asset manager. And I did that for eight years working for some of the biggest companies in the world i got to license and produce photography and motion and illustration for companies like 
UPS, Microsoft, Coca-Cola, Allstate Insurance, and I left advertising in 2016 to open my own artist representation agency, and I did that for a few years, and today I'm doing full-time photography business consulting, which I love and I'm so passionate about. Yeah. That's awesome. That's quite the journey. It is. I, it was amazing. It's funny about your fashion. I always joke that I'm a photographer because I can't draw. Oh, really? <laughs> I mean, I can't. I mean, I can draw stick figures, <laughs> <laughs> but I always, I always show people. Um, I sketch out a lot of my big shoots, and I'll sketch them out on a piece of paper just so that we all kind of know what I'm going for. And then, in one of my classes, I show the results, <laughs> and it's just, it's like, how did you get from? from that awful drawing to that amazing photo. Like how do those two things exist? <laughs> and, and I joke that I, I became a photographer because I couldn't draw or paint. So yeah, I, I feel you all like the fashion design. It's, it's so much more immediate. You can get exactly what you want, mm-hmm. you know, right away. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me, tell me more about your, your current path that you're on, which um, where you're doing more coaching and, you know, almost like photography business development. Is that is that maybe the right way to say that? I'm not sure if that's 100% right. Um, I wouldn't say business development. The majority of my clients come to me because they are wanting to go from one level to the next mm. or they are established and they're wanting to get more clients or better clients. So I will help them take a look at their portfolios. In some cases, I will help them better define their niche and their target market so that we can then edit their portfolios or rearrange their websites in a way that makes the most sense for the clients that they are trying to target. And that's usually where I start with my clients. After that, some of them will hire me to do the full edit and sequencing of their websites or their print portfolios and others will come back to me for accountability so there are a lot of people who just need someone to stay on them because you know in photography it can be a little isolating you can get in your bubble and it's good to have someone to help you see outside of yourself and to break down your big goals into tasks and to keep you accountable. So I love doing that. And yeah, that's the majority of what I do with my clients, marketing and editing. That's great. Yeah. I mean, as, as a photographer slash artist, yeah, we, we definitely have that artist brain where it's all the things all at once. And then like trying to get something tangible done can be very, <laughs> it, it can be it physically painful like to get like tasks done for us sometimes like it mm. because it's just so much energy to like figure out what to do and like is that the right thing and like you're questioning yourself all the time mm-hmm. um yeah we I, I i i joke about this all the time and actually in the last episode i i, I talked about this a little bit too is like uh, having and i have too much intelligent doubt at times mm. um and there's times i wish i could just like quiet that voice Mm -hmm. that I could be more successful Mm -hmm. Um, and having somebody help me to quiet the things that that don't need attention and to amplify the things that do need attention. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can absolutely see how a lot of people like me would need somebody like you. Mm -hmm. I think that's really true in any business where you're, you know, a solopreneur 
or, you know, working by yourself, you can so easily get into your head and have all of these things play out. But as soon as you get on the phone with a friend or a mentor, everything becomes so much more clear and oh, yeah. hopeful <laughs> yeah. in some cases. Yeah. Well, I think you and I both believe like speaking things into existence, mm. right? Like I, I just judging by what I see from your social media, um, I always joke. I sit so randomly. I used to coach marathon runners, mm-hmm. like getting people oh, wow. like from like like going from five k's to doing like marathons. Wow. Um, but it was the thing that I learned from from that part of coaching was how much our own brains hold us back, mm. mm-hmm. and how much our bodies are really capable of. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you really want to, let's say you really want to run, let's say a half marathon. Mm-hmm. the best way to ensure that you're going to run a half marathon is go tell your five best friends you're going to do it. Yes. Yes. Because then every time you see them, they're like, oh, how's training going? Ah, right. It's that accountability <laughs> even with friends, right? That's why we have friends. That's why that's why your social networks are so important mm-hmm. um, because they hold you accountable to those things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Because then if a year goes by and you never did it, then you look like a fool, right? right. You said you were going to do something and you didn't. Right. That, that would hurt me personally. So, yeah, if I wanted to do a race, I would just tell, like, the first 10 people I came across that I was going to do it. And then it was like, okay, well, I guess I have to write a trading plan now. Like, I've told everybody I'm going to do it, and i got to figure out how. Right, right. So what are you yeah. manifesting right now? What am I manifesting? Let's tell the world. Um, so, so this podcast is part of it, yeah. Um, so this podcast is one part of uh, – the new things I want to be doing. So I'm kind of like you in that I'm very, I've been discovering, I'm very passionate about helping people with their photography business um, and with their art. The whole purpose of this podcast in, in, in general is I think the business side of, of artists doesn't get talked about enough. Mm-hmm. There, there are millions of classes for how to take photos with certain lighting styles mm-hmm. or with, um, you know, whatever, right? You want if you want to if you want to be a food photographer, there's a hundred percent of the classes are all geared around how to take better food photos, mm-hmm. and zero percent of the classes are okay. You have food photography, f- food photos. Now what? Mm-hmm. And so the whole point of this podcast for me is I'm I'm interviewing people that I find interesting, that in some way, either make art, or make the business of art easier for people. Mm-hmm. So some of it is talking to artists who um, have kind of figured out a way to monetize what they do. Mm-hmm. And I want to share that with others so that we can collectively learn mm-hmm. how to better market our, our work, how to, how to get in front of the right people or what, you know, right. A hundred years ago, if you wanted to be an artist, you had to have a patron, mm-hmm. right? You, you had to have somebody paying you to do something. Right. Um, and now there's like 50 ways to make money as an artist. But right. which ones are right for you? And to what you said about the business of it, you know, it's been many, many years since I've been in college, but both studying fashion design and photography at two different colleges, neither one of those taught me within the curriculum anything about the business of it or pricing or marketing. So oh, yeah. hopefully someone's doing that now, but... I, you know, there's definitely room for us to talk about that and teach about it. Yeah. You know, I, I tell the story a lot. Uh, a friend of mine's a teacher at the art Institute. Uh, her name's Petra. Um, she's awesome. Um, she really does some like really cool still life work, but I was talking to her 
And she said, she goes, oh, well, you know, I have an MFA and that's why I can teach here. I was like, oh, that's awesome. I was like, let me ask you, what'd your MFA cost? And she told me and it was almost six figures. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I almost crashed my car. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I, and I said, well, that's cool. And I love your work and it's, it's beautiful. I said, well, how many, how many business classes did you have to take? She goes, business classes? No, we didn't have to take any. Mm-hmm. And I just, I see that so much where they keep art schools, even photo education, all of that. It's all about how to build a better mousetrap. And none of it is about how to sell your mousetrap. Mm-hmm. And I want people to be able to do the things that they love to do, whether that's produce music or photography or art or, or whatever. But the only way that they get they can keep doing it is if they can make money doing it. Right. And so, you know, part of me wants to help people grow in their photography skills, but a bigger portion of me is really um, wanting to help people grow in how they run their business Yeah. so that they can keep doing the thing that they want to do. Let's make money. Um, Let's talk about money. We're not talking about money enough either. Let's start telling each other how much money we're making and charging and bidding. I I tell people all the time, like, if you want to log into my QuickBooks, here's the (laughs) passcode. I'm serious. Like, I I don't care. Um, because it doesn't get talked about enough. That information's not out there enough. Um, I've told the story a hundred times. My first year full-time in photography, full-time, all I did, full-time photography. The company generated $6,000 in year one. Mm-hmm. Year two, we hustled. We tripled it, 18000 mm-hmm. And I was shooting everything. I wasn't saying no to anybody. Mm-hmm. Halfway between year two and year three, my wife was like, you got a couple more months to figure this out. Or else you don't you don't get to do this anymore. Year three, we tripled again to fifty four thousand in revenue. Uh-huh. Okay. So now we're on a good path. Mm-hmm. And I could say, Hey, wife of mine that that loves me very much, <laughs> hey, look, it's growing and we're continuing to grow. Um, year four, we almost doubled and we were doing ninety thousand in revenue. Um, and then since year five, we've been um over a hundred thousand. And so we're usually, the company usually generates somewhere between like 130 and 170 mm-hmm. uh, a year, mm-hmm. um, just depending on the year. And then yeah, this year is going to be lower because two months of our income is gone. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but I tell people like what I take home from that, what you can pay yourself on what your company is doing. Like if you're running it good, a third, Mm-hmm. Right. Because a third goes to taxes right away. Right. Because as a self-employer, you know, we pay both sides of the of, of FICA. Right. So we're paying 14 and a half percent on each side. So off the top, 29 percent is gone. So from that, you know, business expenses, acquiring clients, marketing, you know, software, you know, gear, all that, that's going to be another third. And what you take home is maybe a third of what the company generates. Mm-hmm. Um. And just having that as a metric, they think, oh, I made it. I had a thousand dollars shoot. I made a thousand dollars. No, you made three hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that goes into pricing. There's a reason we have to price what we have to price because it. We don't. You don't make a hundred percent of that. Even even people that make an hourly wage, you don't make fifteen dollars. If your pay is fifteen dollars an hour, you don't take home fifteen. You take home 10 mm-hmm. after taxes and gas and expenses and everything else. You're not, you're not making 15, you're earning 15. You take home maybe 10, you know, 
But nobody ever wants to talk about that. Yeah. They want to talk about how to do butterfly lighting. Yeah, that's way more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's let's talk about it then. Let's talk. You're in marketing. I like business. Let's talk about that. Okay. I, if you were a, we'll talk a couple questions with it. If you were a starting out photography, where would you put your first hundred dollars? Hmm. Just starting out. I would probably put that into equipment, honestly. I mean, equipment, software, unless you're assuming okay. that's already there. Yeah, I was assuming that part was already there. Mm-hmm. So non-equipment, non-gear. Not gear. Where where in the business would you put it? How about that? Hmm. This Instagram is... ads? No. <laughs> Definitely not. Google, Google AdWords? <laughs> No, I would not. Um, I don't know. That's not. That's actually not my area. Like, no, like I know baby not. beginners is not my area. Um, uh, the next question is for the next level, but I was starting you off easy. Yeah, I would. I don't know. Probably put it into some kind of software. I wouldn't put it into advertising. I don't think you need to advertise in your first year. I think you just need to get out, get out of your house. Good. If you can. So, so yeah. I, so I'll like that. I'll, I'll jump with that. Get out of your house. Mm-hmm. Join your local chamber of commerce. Honestly, was like the best investment I ever did. I, uh, my, when I established my business, like, well, I'll join the chamber and it cost me $200. And every year since from that, I've made 10x on that investment. Wow. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Because it forced me to go to meetings and meet new people and meet the local business owners. Um, and it got me in the business owners group. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I always tell people, if you want to be a business owner, go hang out with other business owners. Well, I should probably clarify, too. I am working with editorial and commercial photographers. I am not working with much. Yeah, I guess we should have said that. Right. I'm not working with a lot of, like, wedding photographers or portrait photographers, what I call retail photographers. I'm working with photographers who are probably already established in those kinds of businesses, and they're ready to get into more editorial work or maybe they've been shooting for local businesses and they're ready to get an ad campaign. That's okay. where I come in. And All right, so let's, let's ask that same question mm-hmm. then, not $100. Let's say they had, I don't know, $1,500 to spend. They've been shooting for local businesses and they're ready to jump to, let's say, like regional companies. Um, you know, what are some of the, the crucial steps you think there that they should start thinking about? I think that they should... First of all, make sure that they have a strong website and portfolio that is presented in a way that those people are expecting to see with the, you know, the galleries named accordingly. So have a, have a strong website. And then I would say, start working on your, your list of who you want to be working for. And Mm -hmm. once you have that list of your target market, then I would say make sure you're creating consistent marketing content. So maybe start like a MailChimp or something like that. Um, Get everything plugged in. And also when I'm talking to my photographers, I'm also working with them to find out which marketing techniques resonate best with them because essentially you're putting energy into your marketing so if you dread getting on social media don't force yourself to spend 10 hours on instagram 
trying to make it work for you because you're not going to be putting positive energy into it. So, and also it's, it's also kind of weird to be talking about this right now because the best return on investment for photographers is always, or maybe even any business is always going to be word of mouth and networking. And that's kind of hard to do right now, but it's also really interesting because I'm able to work with photographers to think outside of the box on how they can um, network virtually and develop community virtually. So networking is really important. And then print promotions, you know, postcards or catalogs can be really effective if they're done really beautifully. Although, again, right now, you and I are talking during quarantine uh, it's not a great time to be mailing things because we don't know if anyone's at their desks or if right. they will be <laughs> in yeah. the future. So I don't, I don't want to say that there's a, a formula that's, that works for everyone. But when I'm working with my clients, I try and figure out, um, who, who they're targeting and where those people go looking. I think also something that's super uh, underrated is using LinkedIn. LinkedIn has so many more bells and whistles in the past year than they've had before. And I think that's a great place to be because you're also eliminating the noise of other social media. Everyone's there to think about business. I don't know that I've logged into my Instagram in two years. You mean LinkedIn? LinkedIn. What'd I say? Instagram. Instagram. Did I say Instagram? I meant LinkedIn. Yeah, I don't think I've logged into LinkedIn in over two years. I don't. I never knew what to do with it. Do you have my marketing guide? I do. I, we've purchased it. Okay. Um, if you go to the May marketing guide, there's mm-hmm. an interview with Liz Feaser, and she goes through all of the new features, and we talk about what your photo should look like, what your bio should read. And I think this is really important because, especially if you're thinking about creative directors at big brands or art buyers at advertising agencies, they're going to go look at your website, but if they don't know you, they need to have an understanding of what your personality is like before they can trust you with their client. So they're going to go to your about page, which is incredibly important. And they're also going to go to your LinkedIn to see, you know, do I know someone who knows this person who can maybe vouch for them? And if they don't, it may also be a great place for you to have endorsements or recommendations, which I never really even thought of um, having in the past until I, you know, recorded that session with Liz. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to go check that out. Yeah. I I see the value of it right now. I just, I, I always, I, I would log in and be like, okay, now what? Like, I just never, I always felt stuck with LinkedIn. I never knew what to do. Mm-hmm. It always felt like a fraternity to me. Mm. And it was like, hey, buy the upgrade to LinkedIn and, you know, buy your friends and give them endorsements. I was like, ah, this feels yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. I totally felt like that too. I was like, eh, if someone's reading my endorsement, obviously I asked someone who had a great experience with me. I'm not going to go. It's not like Yelp. It's not like people can leave a bad recommendation right. for you. <laughs> but right. apparently that is important. And um, yeah, so... And I always felt people were trying to game the system with it. Really? Like it, but again, it's been it's been years since I've logged in mm-hmm. and looked at it. Mm-hmm. I think my profile picture is still from like 2009. If that gives mm-hmm. you an idea of how long mm-hmm. it's been, yeah. Um, 
I think it's different now. I think it's a little more community. Is it? Because okay. I feel... I'm going to have to go check it back. I'm going to have to go check it back out mm-hmm. then. Because I feel like, you know, there's such a mass exodus from people using Facebook. And I feel oh, like yeah. they went to LinkedIn because people are going to act right on LinkedIn because their employers yeah. are looking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Well, and I mean, how many people are going to be looking for jobs in the next year? Right. Right. There's, there's what, like 30 million on it that, mm-hmm. that got laid off. Mm-hmm. I've gotten, I mean, not off the hook, but our phone has been ringing quite a bit about, hey, I need an updated headshot. I need an updated headshot mm. uh, because I'm, you know, it's five years old and I need to apply for a new job. And mm-hmm. we've been getting a lot of those calls just in the last week or two. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. About, but... Go ahead. Yeah. When you think about, you know, getting getting to getting clients through word of mouth or getting to network in person when you're face to face with someone that's building trust immediately uh it's harder to do virtually but that's that's something that you're we're going to have to figure out how to do and liz talks about liz and i both talk about ways that you can do that virtually through your profiles through the way that you're writing through what your headshot looks like oh yeah yeah, I always tell people that your headshot is your is your digital handshake, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a bad headshot, it's like squeezing somebody's hand for the first time. You get a bad handshake. You're like, no, I'm good. Uh-huh. I'm out. Yeah, you never want like the the cold fish handshake, and you don't want like the dead fish <laughs> headshot. Right. Ugh. And at, when are we gonna ha- shake hands again? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm elbow bumping or Japanese bowing right now. Mm, I love a Japanese bow. Yeah, that's a, that's about as far as I'm gonna go right now. You have the best yeah. metaphors too. I, and I, I'm always thinking about your network is your net worth. That's right. That's my number one phrase. I, I need to get, uh, yeah. Uh, so the other thing I'm manifesting, I, I created an entire Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Azulox, um, A-Z-U-L-O-X. Um, and really what it is, I've been struggling for years of like where to put educational stuff or articles, just things I wanted to write about, whether it be, Here's how I did this photo type of things. A, I've, I've always wanted to do a podcast. Actually, a friend of mine, Jeff Hammond, and I, we had a podcast like eight years ago. Um, I've always loved radio. I, w- I was always told I had a face for radio. That probably never helped. <laughs> no, but actually radio's in our family. My grandfather actually started a radio station in my hometown. Uh-huh. And so like radio and voice has always been something that I've really enjoyed. Um, but like a podcast and like a YouTube show. And I was like, how do I put all that together? Um, and so I've actually been playing with like a Patreon account that I never published for like two years. Mm-hmm. And then once the quarantine has like, well, let's go on live. Let's just figure it out and go. Mm-hmm. And some of it was an exercise in just shutting off the doubt mm. um, and just quieting the doubt and just yes. going forward with it. Yes, 100% exactly what I just did with YouTube. Because I have been nice. hemming and hawing. Should I do a podcast? Should I do YouTube? Should I do a podcast? Should I do YouTube? And then I just it just happened. Yeah. 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 And my first like, you know, so I've been learning how to like audio engineer a podcast mm. and I've, I've started a YouTube live show called Josh says mean things where people <laughs> where my patrons submit photos and then I say mean things about them. Um, <laughs> it's kind of tongue in cheek. Can I co-host that interview. with you? Absolutely. I would love to have you co-host that with me. Um, Josh and Amy say mean things. No, it'll be yeah, say be it'll be Josh says mean things. And then Amy like gets you through therapy to recover from it (laughs) that'd be so fun yeah so that's that'd be great i um so yeah i mean some of it is just like figuring out a way to get what i wanted to do out in a way that made sense 
um, but also kind of monetize that, right? I've been very, I, I've been thinking a lot during the quarantine about how can I make money while I sleep? Mm, yes. Um, so I've been playing around with like Adobe stock for the last year or so. And mm-hmm. so when I have some downtime now, I'm just going through my archives and finding photos that I think would make sense to go there. Mm-hmm. And I'm just submitting photos. And it's it's really easy. if you, Stock.adobe.com if you want to sign up. But like most, most photographers have an Adobe account already. Mm-hmm. And so you can literally have your first photo submitted, I bet, under five minutes. Mm. Um, and, you know, for me, I have like 150 photos up over the last year. Um, and it's made like a little over 400 bucks. That's not bad. But... Yeah, but once I did the work, it's just there. Like, it's just accruing revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and if I had 300 photos, I would have made $800, right? So some of it is just scale. So I'm like, you know, just things like that. And not that I'm going to retire off it, but you know what? In a year, it might buy another lens. Mm-hmm. It might buy, it might pay for another camera. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And so it's just little things like that. But so with Patreon, so I started that. You know, and we're already up to like 23 subscribers at this point. And my goal is to get to 100 by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And then my big goal, the big stretch goal, and I'll manifest it out even though I've told people, um, I want to open a physical location, um, kind of an artist co-working space. So a place, yes. um, I think we're all tired of our own walls at this point. Can you get on that? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I'm, I'm, yeah, well, business was going really well and I probably could have, could have done it. Uh, this this spring um, with mm-hmm. with how we were doing, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm glad we didn't because now I have a little bit of reserves to get through the summer months. Um, but yeah, I just I think we work better together. Mm. I think as artists, one of the things we struggle with is what you were talking about, right? Getting in that silo, getting that mm-hmm. self doubt, um, but also having the tools and having the things you need around you. Um, and I want to outfit that mm-hmm. in a way where. You know, I want to have a podcast room where people can record their podcasts. I want to have basically a studio room where it doesn't have to always be a photo studio. But I, in my head, I call it the room of requirements, right? Mm-hmm. You know, do you want to teach a class? Here's a space you can do it, right? Instead of having my bedroom curtains hanging, right? A space that actually looks like you could record like your Skillshare or your Udemy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, I just want to outfit people in their and chasing their artist dreams. That, that's really what it is. Um, and so my, my goal is to get enough Patreon subscribers to where I can cover that rent a month. Mm-hmm. To, so it's not such a scary jump. But part of it is also building that community. And I'm guessing that a lot of those people are going to be the ones that will also be members in that physical location as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to build the community first, and then I want to build us a clubhouse. Yes. Yeah. Let's do it. I'm ready. I'm ready for a space. Yeah. Well, and you know, you and I both live in Pflugerville. And... The last time I Googled co-working spaces from my house, the closest one's 11 miles away mm-hmm. on Anderson Lane, which for those of you who aren't in this area, I mean, that's, I don't, you know, that's a, that's a big jump, you know? And so something in Pflugerville, something in this area, um, also I'm president of a photo club here in, in, in this area, and I want to give us more of a permanent home as well. I mean, we just had our 70th member sign up, so we have a 70-member photo club, mm-hmm. Um all pay, you know, do paying members. And I want to, you know, we're meeting at, you know, various places and I want to give us a more perm- permanent home mm-hmm. so that we can like dis- you know, display our artwork, have it hanging on the walls, have a gallery, but then with art on the walls, then that informs the co-working side, right? Because now we have art on the walls instead of working in your own home where you're seeing, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so it feeds each other. 
So yeah, that's my goal. That's what I'm trying to manifest into the world. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. What What about you? What are you manifesting? I am manifesting similar to you. I don't know, Josh. I think we're on the same highway. I am manifesting a a course on what we've been talking about, how to go from one level to the next. So it's going to be all about how to edit your portfolio, define your niche, define your target market and market to those people. So it's, you and I have actually talked about this before. It's, it's going to be a bigger version of that commercial photography 101 course. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm going to call it, but it's kind of like taking all of my expertise and putting it into a multi-module course that I can sell essentially why I sleep. So yeah. That's, That's what great. I'm manifesting. And hey, and you have your marketing guide. Where do people, is it just on your website? Yes. Where, where do people go? Yes, amyvcooper.com slash store. My marketing guide will be for sale only until the end of May. I don't know when you're publishing this podcast, but uh, if anyone's listening to this after May and you still want it, just shoot me an email and mention Josh's name and I'll see what I can do for you. But it is, it's on my website. It's a... 2020 12 month photography marketing calendar for editorial and commercial photographers and a 12 month strategy guide. So when you first buy it, you get to download the PDF, which is the calendar and it has all of your marketing tasks broken out by quarter as well as by month for the entire year. So you don't even really have to think about your marketing. It's already planned out for you. You just have to put in the content and do it. Um, So you have that and I developed the calendar around the advertising agency calendar. So you can do things whenever you want to in whatever order you want to. But the way that I have it planned out is making sure that you're getting your strongest materials out around the time that ad agencies are starting to plan their shoots for that quarter. So, um, if you know, if you're just an editorial photographer, you can do any of these tasks anytime because, you know, they're always planning monthly And every month you get an email from me with a deep dive into the tasks for those months. So if we're talking about email marketing, I will send you an audio recording about all the things you need to know about sending emails. And also each month I have a recording with some kind of a specialist in the industry. Like I mentioned, for May, I had an interview with Liz Fiesor, who is a content strategist, and she was talking all about how to take advantage of LinkedIn. And I've also had, so January was all about setting goals. February was how to pitch your photography to magazines. And April, let's see, February, March. It March was about how to get meetings, how to get meetings with editors. And that was an interview with Annie Campbell from Altered Agency, which is a photography and styling agency out of New York City, Mm. which was really good. And then let's see, April was, (gasps) April was with um, Jessica Shepard. Do you know who I'm talking about? I don't think so. She was introduced to me by your former partner, and she's an amazing website oh. builder. Yeah, 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 yeah. She does, okay. yeah, she builds websites and does SEO, and that was such yeah, a she, great... Yeah, she actually did our website SEO. <laughs> she I actually did? remember that. She's amazing. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah. So tons of content and the real kicker with this guide. So currently the guide is $79. It started out as $99, but since we're halfway through the year, I dropped it down to $79, which honestly is a steal just for what you get there. But on top of it, you also get monthly one-on-one phone calls with me. So if there's any questions you have, you're struggling with how to send something out or how to find someone's email address, you can jump on a phone call with me each month. And I think that's been incredibly valuable, especially right now because my photographers are all asking me the same question. How do I communicate with people right now? It doesn't feel right to be selling myself. So I've been able to help them with communication as well as brainstorming, you know, new ideas for how to market themselves in a way that feels really genuine and helpful and problem solving. So yeah, everyone listening needs to go get that. (laughs) Well, I mean, and even if you're listening a year from now, Mm. I mean, you did this last year as well. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I don't think I'm going to do it next year. I'm really focused on this class now. So if you want to get it now and you can repurpose it next year. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I've been very excited about the, the new, I don't know. It's not a new digital economy, but I feel like it's starting to kind of hit mainstream with like part of it is the pandemic, right? I think people have like, well, I guess I'm just going to take classes virtually now. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot more people have gotten used to the idea of bettering themselves, right? Udemy, Skillshare, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Or, you know, somebody's personal Patreon or or, or whatever. I think there's been a lot more of that. Um, One, people have had time for it. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I think it's, 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 it's going to be a much more mainstream thing than it had. I mean, it certainly existed and there are certainly people that have been making money with it for a while now, mm-hmm. but it never really hit the critical mass, I think, until, you know, this year. Um, and I think it would just be smart if you have a specific skill to build a class around it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, or write an ebook or, or something. Mm-hmm. Um, again, just give people a reason to give you money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that quote for the day. Yeah, yeah, I have a lot of them. I, I always I always joke that I come from a long line of heroic bullshitters. So <laughs> you know, there's there's always some phrase from the backwoods where I grew up that, that comes out from time to time. I love it. Yeah, but you know, an ebook, right? Just give people a reason to give you money. It yeah. could be ninety nine cents, mm-hmm. right? And if you sell one, you know, that's still a dollar. But if you sell a hundred, okay, you know, yeah. If you sell a thousand, that's a thousand bucks, like. That's good. Yeah. That's real money. Mm-hmm. You know, so. But then the, it, it gets you into the mindset of creating value for people mm-hmm. and creating things people can buy. Mm-hmm. And then it allows you to write the second one and then the third one mm-hmm. or the fourth thing. And you just have to get that bandwagon going uh, and that momentum going of like creating content or something mm-hmm. that people want to purchase. And just let those bricks stack yeah. behind you. And don't worry right? about it. It's like Adobe yeah, don't worry about it being perfect. Like you and I are talking about, you know, I'm borrowing your microphone right now and I'm doing my YouTube just from my laptop recording on Zoom. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just get started. Just get that momentum yeah. going. Yeah, and, and honestly, this podcast was the first one. That, you know, the quality's not as great and I'm learning along the way and I'm making it better. But people understand that. Mm-hmm. Like people aren't expecting it to be a Hollywood production from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, anything you love didn't start out the way it is now. Right. right. Name something you love that's gone on for multiple years. It got better over time. Probably think about right? that first roll of film you ever shot. <laughs> oh, God. So so I've been going through my archives and going back to like 2011, 2012, 2010, something like looking and just like 
seeing the raw files, I'm like, oh, it's pretty good. And then looking like how bad my editing was, I was like, oh man, why did people give me mm. money? Like these are terrible. Mm. Mm. So I've been like going back and picking out favorite images and re-editing them. Um, but just, you know, I think it's good to look back at times and see like, what did you do that made you successful? What can you do going forward to, to do that again? Mm. You know, what are some things that maybe were a waste of time and energy and eliminate those? Mm. Um, yeah, so I've been doing some streamlining, certainly, of, you know, there's some things I was spending money on that I, you know, I didn't really need to be spending money on. You know, it's a bad time right now. So what are you doing right now to prepare for the good? Mm-hmm. And so that when the good comes back, you're, you're, you're in a position to take advantage of it. Mm. So that's, that's been my mindset. That's my little, like, ray of hope in this, you know time i oscillate between like this is gonna be awesome and i'm gonna learn so much and i'm gonna do so much and other times i'm like i can't get off my couch yes. right it, it's uh, very much a like zero or 100 percent mentality oh my right gosh now. totally relate to that yeah yeah so here, here's another big manifest question mm-hmm. so the name of this podcast make 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 so make your art make your money make a difference mm-hmm. so the third question i love to ask is what do you want to do with what you're doing in a way that makes a difference to a community hmm well, making a difference is why I quit working in advertising to start my agency. My agency was the first agency in the United States to support an all-women roster of photographers because I saw that I had this great opportunity and experience to offer women and to help them be seen. So and making a difference is really... I'm not... I'm not as motivated by money as I am motivated by the possibility of knowing that I helped someone with something. So I definitely feel like I have so much knowledge that honestly I would have killed for as that freelance photographer leaving MTV trying to be a celebrity photographer. I didn't know anything about marketing and I didn't have the confidence to really push it. And this is something that I can now teach other photographers. And that's really exciting because as we discussed, that's not taught in college or, you know, in most classes. So I really want to offer these people the support and the tools and the knowledge and all of the things that they need to get to where they really, really want to be. To get from dreading going to do a wedding to being so excited about you know, shooting a campaign for Apple the next day that they can't sleep. So there's that. The other thing is I want to make this, you know, like I said, money in my sleep. Like you want to have Patreon help you get the money to create your ultimate goal, which that is that dream space. I want this online course to fund me being able to launch like a full on personal coaching business so that I can really support people in transforming their lives. And that's, you know, completely different than business, teaching business and photography. I want, I've been through so much transformation in the past couple of years, especially with anxiety, anxiety and confidence and shedding my identity as an introvert and I really Mm. am so excited about it I want to share it with other people I want to give other people those those tools yeah you know just the the limited amount that I've 
you know, helped a few people here and there with, you know, one-on-one sessions or whatever. A lot of times it starts with a technical question mm. and it ends with mm. <laughs> therapy. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny. So like, it, I don't know why it's always in this class. So one of the t- classes I teach at Precision, it's a, it's a like real estate photography class. And every time I've taught it, it's a three hour, uh, three or four hour class. We go to somebody's house and we photograph it. Mm-hmm. And the first two hours are about photographing the house. And every time I've taught this class, the last hour is like, okay, well, let's talk about how you run a business. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, well, that's how you run a business. And like, I have fears. How do I mm-hmm. overcome my fears? Mm-hmm. And it always comes back <laughs> to like, am I good enough? Like, do I have the skills? It, it always comes back to that. Yeah. You can learn a new setting. You can learn, learn a new light setup. But the hard part is getting over, it's getting over your damn self and just 100%. getting past all of, all of those voices in your head that say you can't and learning how to shut them up mm-hmm. and just doing what you can. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 You know, and like you talked about money, I thought that was such a, a critical thing too. Like I, I am not mo- money motivated, honestly, mm-hmm. like it doesn't m- motivate me whatsoever and money only focuses on me. And so if I, if I do better for myself, that's fine. But if I help 10 photographers, mm-hmm. that's a thousand percent more impactful to me, right? right? Cause now I've changed 10 lives, not one. Mm-hmm. And so that motive for me personally, that, that that's way more motivating, right? I had a corporate job. I didn't really care for it. Um, and that, and part of why I didn't care for it is everybody, I, not everybody I worked with, but like the prevailing sense of like what people were chasing was their bonus or mm-hmm. one more week of vacation time. Mm-hmm. And like they were living for the weekend and like what they were chasing just didn't excite me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I le- left that making really good money and, mm-hmm. you know, generated $6,000 the next year. Right. But I didn't. <laughs> Been there. Yeah. I, I mean, it hurt, but I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't oh, yeah. go back and stay in that old path mm-hmm. because I knew it wasn't right for me. And by leaving that, I opened it up for somebody who it was right for. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes we have that like decision regret, right? That, that, that momentary loss of what was, but we have to celebrate that we left something so that somebody else can do it. Hmm. That's interesting. If you want to move up, you got to replace yourself. If you want to go to work or to manager, when you go to management, you have to be able to find your replacement. Otherwise, you're, they're going to just keep keep you in the same job you're doing. Mm-hmm. And so, and in, in, so, my degree is corporate communication. <laughs> I studied this quite a bit, but um, the number one thing that holds people back is not their technical skills, their communication skills. A hundred percent. So, like, like engineers. If you look at like engineers' career paths, where they hit roadblocks isn't in any anything they studied. It's usually in the things they didn't study, mm-hmm. right? How well can you lead a meeting? How well can you present your ideas? Mm-hmm. Can you run a PowerPoint presentation? If you can do those things well and you're an engineer, you're going to advance. Right. If all you can do is one thing, you're just going to keep doing that one thing. And can you take feedback without losing your mind? Oh. My gosh. Like, why don't yes. they teach this in high school? Or maybe they do now, but 
Wow. So, <laughs> so he, here's a weird stance. Um, some bullying is needed. Bullying? Not bullying. I mean, that, that sounds wrong, and it probably is wrong, but like... Failure is needed. With, Contrast with is needed. Who, how do you deal with people who don't like you? Right. Learning how to deal with that, like, that's going to set your path quite a bit. Mm. How do you deal with adversity? Mm-hmm. How do you deal when, when your model breaks? Mm-hmm. How many businesses are struggling right now mm-hmm. because their model was predicated on monthly income? Mm-hmm. I make this a month and I'm going to budget for that and I'm going to be fine because I'm just going to keep doing this one thing. Mm-hmm. And how to not take things personally. Like if someone doesn't like a photo you took or if someone doesn't like the price that you're asking, don't take it personally. Just know that that's yeah. not meant for you and move on. That's huge. Yeah. Well, and again, that's that, that kind of goes back to my most recent point though is also – feel good that it wasn't right for you Mm, yes it's always a blessing in the end you'll you'll see it later down the road because it 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 was either work you didn't want to do anyway Mm -hmm. but there may be somebody starting out that would love to do that Mm -hmm. and so by saying no personally you're allowing others to say yes (laughs) i know i know it gets a little metaphysical here sometimes um right right there there might be jobs, for, you know, I've been doing this full time for 12 years now. There are jobs that I say no to because it's not worth my time. My time. It's not worth my personal time or I'm already booked or, or whatever. Or you know, they're not in my budget or I'm not in their budget, whatever. But that job's going to go to somebody, right? The work still needs to be done. Well, there may be somebody starting out that has different requirements. And that may be something that launches their their year or their month or their week or something. So, you know, I think... I I think we live in fear of missing out. We live in fear of regret. And I say, you know, find joy, find joy in the no, because the more you say no, the more the yeses really matter. Mm. I I always joke about sometimes you have to date a lot of bad people so that when the right one comes along, you appreciate them. Mm, Totally. Yeah. You learn what it is that you don't want. Right. Right. And you learn where your boundaries are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's a. Whole, I don't. I'm not going to tell that story. But for those of you who know me, if you want another personal story of my wife and I, there's it's an interesting story. I've known my wife since kindergarten. <laughs> um, but I. Yeah, anyway, I don't want to get to that. Um, yeah, I just knowing your boundaries. Like there's things I don't shoot. Right when I started out, I, I said yes to every job. Um, and some of it was, I was quick to pick up some of it. I was slow to pick up, but like maternity. Nope. Not for me. Like not going to do it. Here's some other names. Go call them. Like they enjoy it. They're good at it. They have that gene. I've, I never had the gene to put like a small child in a burlap sack on a scale. Like, I just, <laughs> not me. If you want to put them in a ring of fire. Okay. Maybe we'll talk. Um, but just, it just, it was never right for me, but learning that, you know, it was a lesson, right? I had to learn the lesson of that wasn't right for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I still struggle with, I like doing too many types of photography. Yeah. A lot of photographers struggle with that. I think probably the majority of the people that come to me, especially the younger ones, but even some of the more established ones, like they're so afraid to let go of doing one thing. But when you get to the point where you're wanting to shoot in 
advertising for a big campaign, if you have too many things on your website, too many different categories, they're not going to understand where you specialize and they don't want to hire someone who is not specialized in the thing that they need. Oh, I always, I always laugh. I love seeing people's websites and and they say, we specialize in a list like nine categories. Right. I don't think you know what the word specialized means. 100%. Or or then I say, I always see this like in the wedding, like, oh, we're wedding fine art. And so I'll go to them and be like, hey, cool. What galleries is your work in? (laughs) They're like, what? They're like, well, you said you're a fine art, you know, photographer. I figured that means you have work, you know, on display somewhere. So where is it displayed? Oh, well, I'm like, Mm. okay. So Josh says mean things. uh, (laughs) (laughs) See, Scorpio, what's up? Um, No, because what I fear is that those terms get so overused as to have no meaning anymore. Mm. Right. So what does it mean to be a fine art photographer? Mm -hmm. It can mean a thousand different things now because everybody was co-opting it for their own branding. Mm. Right? (laughs) Yeah. Um... I don't know how I feel about that, but I do agree that, you know, I do see a lot of photographers who have fashion and portrait and lifestyle and family and events and travel and nightlife and concerts. And it's like, no, you got to focus. I'm absolutely guilty of that. A hundred percent guilty of that. Um, We had to, I always struggle with like, we did weddings, we do commercial, you know, I do portraits and I, I literally had to build separate websites for everything mm-hmm. because I didn't want, if you're a commercial person, you don't want to see wedding photos. And if you're wedding photos, you don't want to see commercials. So we have like three different websites for different things mm-hmm. um, be, because I didn't know how to separate that out for a while. I mean, and starting out in my first three years, I absolutely did not know how to separate that stuff out at all. Mm-hmm. Who who knew you know what they were coming for? And I didn't, I didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. And only in the last couple of years have I felt like I know something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I absolutely struggle with that. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I don't have ADD, but I'm just, I'm interested in a lot of things and it's hard to focus. Mm-hmm. The other part about it, I think being a generalist to start, I, I learned how to do a lot of different things and they informed how I do. So like I shoot automotive. But learning how to do automotive really well helped me with my wedding clients because a lot of them had cool cars. And so then I would shoot their cars at the wedding. They would look cool. Mm-hmm. It's like bringing in other skills. Like we do some product photography, right? I could bring those into other aspects of, of different things that I was shooting. And so I think starting out, it's good to start off with a, a wide scope. But I think the goal is to mm. narrow down. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can agree cool. with that. Yeah. What else you got? Any other questions? Any what? What else should what, what else should I be asking you that I haven't asked you yet? Ah, uh, what else? I don't know. What is your what do you think your audience wants to hear about? Um, you know, I think what we talked about as far as like you know, you were talking about taking photographers to the next level. I think what you said for it though is is absolutely true for somebody starting out at, at any point in their career, right? Figure out what you want to do. And that may take a lot of missteps. But figure out what you want to do. Um, be more targeted. Mm-hmm. Even if you miss, it's going to be closer to your target than not picking a target. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and going and like face to, I mean, obviously pandemic, we can't necessarily go meet face to face, but like the other thing I say, your creative, your network is your net worth, right? Mm -hmm. But to expand your network, the fastest way to do that is to go introduce yourself to somebody. Mm -hmm. I would say, don't be afraid to take risks. Get out of your bubble as often as you can. Don't be afraid of failure because failure is literally the next step towards success. And then we could get into some more like, as you say, metaphysical things. Um, Mm -hmm. Have a lot of gratitude. Put intention into what you're doing. If you're about to go to a shoot and you're in a bad mood, you better check yourself before you get out of the car and change your attitude. If you're about mm-hmm. to send an email blast to 300 people and you you don't feel good about it, stop, change your attitude. Put good energy into what you're doing and surround yourself with people who are going to support you and cheer you on and know that you don't have to be around people who don't do that. Oh yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine and uh, I, I I didn't know much about his personal backstory. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I got divorced five years ago, this and this. I was like, oh, man, you know, that's sad. You know, they had kids together. And it's like, oh, okay. And I was like, well, what did it come down to? Like, what what was the reason? He goes, very simply, I tried to start, you know, a creative business. And my wife didn't believe in me. And she didn't think I could do it. Mm. And I couldn't get past that. And I was like. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Like, oh, I would, al- yeah. I would also like, yeah. How can you be with somebody and they don't believe in what you do? Yeah, like that's like foundational. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what you say, surrounding yourself. It's it honestly, it's why we started a photo club. It was to build, it was to build that community of of photographers um, who enjoyed it, who were looking for more, who were ready to, you know, learn and and mm-hmm. gather and grow. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another thing and I would say. Keep learning. Keep reading. Keep taking more classes. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, as we get older, we we get afraid to more afraid to try new things, and that I feel like that is what makes us age because we're not exercising our brain as much as we were when we were kids. Remember when you were a kid, you'd try anything. You'd, yeah. I mean, yeah. Keep learning. That playful learning, right? That playful, joyous learning mm-hmm. where it wasn't a slog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I learn all the time because it's fun to me to go figure out. Like, I'll see a photo. I'm like, oh, I wonder how they did it. And I'll try to do it, mm-hmm. right? Or there's there's photographers that I'm just blown away by the work. And I just, I, you know, I look and I study and I read what they did. And I'll go find interviews with them mm-hmm. where they talk about how they did it. and. Mm-hmm. That to me is fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, I might be a weirdo. That's that's also entirely uh, possible. But you know, follow your passions. Um, I mean, be smart about it. But like, follow them where they go mm-hmm. and 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 deep dive into things. I think deep learning and 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 deep diving into everything you're doing. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any downside to that. Um, yeah, and I think right now there are photographers who immediately knew that they had to pivot and get innovative there are photographers right now who are you know setting up cameras in their studio so they can patch in their their agencies to watch Mm -hmm. virtual shoots and they're getting their ppes together and they're just problem solving like 
like an, an like an instinct and I think that's kind of where I went and then there are other photographers who are just sitting on their couch going oh my god oh my god oh my god waiting for it to end but this thing is not ending and this thing this pandemic we're referring to here <laughs> is happening for a reason and I hope that everyone is able to get out of it what's meant for them to get out of it yeah it reminded me of another one of my favorite business phrases is it's not it's not the big that eat the small it's the fast that eat the slow hmm hmm expand so, on that <laughs> so fam- fam- famous example <clears throat> blockbuster was offered to buy netflix for 50 million dollars uh-huh. and they said no mm-hmm. blockbuster was the big netflix was the small mm-hmm. whose viewership just increased 80 percent the last month <laughs> yeah netflix you know how many blockbusters there are left one wow there's one blockbuster left yeah. So was it the big? No, it was the fast. Mm-hmm. Netflix was afraid to. Do you remember that Netflix used to deliver DVDs to your house? Oh yeah, was we did right? that. Mm-hmm. Did they do? Does anybody get that anymore? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe they probably still have that option mm-hmm. out there. But what what they what they did was set up. Know, honestly, they built a community of people who love what they do. Okay, so on um, that note, should we be on TikTok? <laughs> Because I am, I, when it comes to social media, I am always late adapter, like resisting. <laughs> so tell me, um, listeners, tell us, younger people, tell us. <laughs> who who wants to see Josh dancing on TikTok? There you go. I know, but people are coming to me saying they need photography content. Like people are teaching on there, and I just I got on it once, and it was such a time suck. I could I couldn't. But that's a good thing, isn't it? If it's a time suck for you, that means people are voracious for content on it. That's true. Mm, that's why I wanted to talk about this. Got to get out of my bubble now, thinking about it. Now, I mean, my general advice for people on social media is like be on the platforms that you want to be on mm-hmm. and make good content there. Mm-hmm. If you want to be on Facebook, be the best Facebook photographer, content provider you can mm. be. If you want to be on Twitter, be awesome on Twitter. If you don't want to be on Twitter, don't be on Twitter. Yeah. Like I think you're right. I think I, it boils I, down to what's resonating with you and where you can put it's good It's what energy. you tell your clients with marketing, exactly. right? Are, are you an email marketer? Then be a badass email marketer. Mm-hmm. Are you a mailer? You know, are you somebody who likes to mail promos? Then be that person, mm-hmm. right? I, you know, I think with TikTok, it's the same, right? I mean, are you somebody who wants to learn the native language of TikTok? Yeah. Right? Because <laughs> every platform has its own language. Yeah. Right? Uh, a currency. You know, what's popular, what resonates. And if you want to be on it, go do it. Nobody's, I think, I think in our heads, we always think that somebody's keeping score mm. and that there's some judge watching us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, oh, no, you did that. That's minus 10 points. <laughs> Nobody cares. Just yeah. do it, man. Like, yeah. just throw it out there. And if it resonates, it does. And if it doesn't, uninstall it. And nobody will ever know. Yeah. Nobody will ever care. Um, but they might care if, if it hits with them. Yeah. All right. I'm on Twitter. I read it every day. I post on it like once a week. Eh, I use it as my newsfeed. I, I don't expect do anybody it. to find me there to like book me. Right. I right. just enjoy it for other reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, TikTok. I don't know. If you want to, if you want to get hired by a bunch of sixteen-year-olds, probably a good, <laughs> good place to be right now. I think what I we think said about focusing is. I just started my YouTube channel in the in the heyday of TikTok, but I still got to focus on it. <laughs> 
Hey, do you know that YouTube is the number two search engine in the world? I did not. Oh, I love that. I love that. All right. So Google is one. YouTube's two. All right. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. When somebody told me that, I was like, oh, that makes 100% sense Wait, doesn't Google own YouTube? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. Yeah. But if you count the traffic, like just Google.com and YouTube.com, YouTube's number two Mm -hmm. in in terms of searches Mm -hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm feeling so pretty good. So if you want to be found, feeling pretty good about it. Probably the two places you need to be, <laughs> right? Kind of need to be there. Thank you, Josh. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's it's make make make, right? It's it's not a it's not a me or you. It's a it's a collaborative, right? And that's honestly that's always been my. There's a reason my business is not called Josh Baker Photography. Mm-hmm. Is because I never wanted it to be me. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be us, right? I want whoever I'm working with. It's about more than just me and my ego and my personality. It's about a bigger, a bigger group than that. Yeah. Also, my name's really boring. Josh Baker. Eh, nobody, nobody's going to find me that way because there's like a million of us. Um, so Zulux is a little bit unique. So, I mean, there's part of that too. But no, from the beginning, it, it, I always plan to be more than just, you know, just me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anything else you want to add today? Mm. I don't know. I think... I just want to say thanks for having me. Thanks for letting me Yay. play with your gorgeous microphone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what, what, So the reason I have two is because of a failure. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, I got two thinking I was going to – they're really easy to set up. You just plug them in USB, ready to go. Mm-hmm. I didn't do enough research and know that you can't plug two USB mics in your computer at the same time. So the first one I ever did, the first episode with Betty Jean Bell, we were trying to plug in both mics and like we couldn't get them to recognize and we couldn't get them to recognize and like why would, and it was like I only needed to buy one because I can't use two. That's why I have an extra one. Oh, that's interesting. Because it comes from a failure of me not researching how the mics actually work. I was like, I'm just going to jump in and get two of these. Huh. Nope. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. See, growth comes from failure. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We could talk, we could have a whole nother hour just on failure. Yeah, a week or two we'll come back yeah well, well yeah back. thanks for having me and i hope that everyone listening if this resonated with you jump on my newsletter i i also like to give away a lot of nuggets so on my blog there's a lot of information there are a lot of articles about things that photographers have questions about if you have a question for me i would love for you to email me or i also have a calendar that everyone can jump on to get a free 15 minute consultation and I'll tell you anything you want to know I am an open book and I love it I love meeting new photographers so jump on my newsletter at amyvcooper.com or find me on Instagram I want to see gorgeous new work yeah Um, and this podcast is now going to be on iTunes and Spotify and actually Google podcast as well. Um, so just search, make, make, make podcast with Josh Baker and you will find it. Um, we're all the way up to almost 10 subscribers on Spotify in in two days. (laughs) I know, but the growth, I like the growth rate. We went from zero to three to seven to 10. So that's, that's geometric growth. Um, but you know, it's just, it's just putting it out there and keep doing it. So Amy, thank you so much for your time today. Um, thank you for being awesome with us as always. Um, and so, yeah, my name's Josh Baker. This has been episode seven of the make, make, make podcast.